Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. The question, what do you want to be when you grow up, has a reputation for being something adults ask children. And quite frequently, the query comes with some pressure for an answer that either satisfies grown-ups' curiosity or meets their expectations around what's good, feasible, respectable, or lucrative enough. But it's also a question that adults can ask themselves, too. Reaching a certain age doesn't at all mean you're done developing. So as someone who develops professionally as a photographer and editor, and personally as a queer black dad, St. Louis native Tyler Small is someone who's always asking himself, what do I want to be when I grow up? Small will share some of his work and insights into that on Friday, June 16th. That's when the St. Louis nonprofit, The Village Path, is holding its second Father Figures photo project event. And we're lucky enough to have Tyler Small here today to talk with us about his own path to being part of that Father's Day event. Tyler, welcome to St. Louis on the Air. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Now, what you do, do you have a business card? I don't. You don't? Well, what would you say to someone um, about the work that you do? I would say I'm an artist at the end of the day, and a lot of what I do is I use my gifts as a gift. Um, I capture moments, I capture memories, and I do that in a way that captures community um, and also capture the essence of what the events are trying to do and what their goals are to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And the tools that you use to do that are? Mostly a camera. Okay. Now, you've gotten to this place um, in kind of an unconventional way mm-hmm. from some uh, from some ways of looking at it. Tell us about how you have gotten to doing what you're doing now um, for a career. Yeah, for me, um, it started when I was really young. I remember picking up a Kodak camera and taking a selfie, um, just capturing a moment and seeing that printed out later. Um, And much later in life, I found that I had an eye, um, that I could see something and capture it in a way that other people weren't seeing it, and Mm. that felt amazing. Um, So I wanted to do that more. And that was about eighth grade, freshman year of high school, when social media was pretty cool and we could Mm. do Facebook. Uh, I did the promo teams that we would have. So I would take photos and do photoshops of them Um, But even further along, I had a clothing line in high school, and I couldn't pay for anybody to do the photography. So I started getting into that after, you know, doing my own little work in graphic design. And I was just like, photography is where it's at for me. Okay, This is everything to me. Um, And I just kept going for that. Um, I would just keep trying to find ways to, like, better my best. And eventually I ended up at a pastry shop. 
um, working and taking pictures there and got oh. to be the social media coordinator eventually. And that was here in St. Louis? In St. Louis. Okay. It was on a Del Mar Loop at Pachoni Pastry. Oh. We were in there whipping up cannolis and okay. taking lots of pictures. So that was very much then self-motivated. And you were self-taught, right? Yeah, very much self-taught. I actually didn't look at other people's work because I wanted to like, I don't know. I didn't want to copy anybody's work. I wanted to figure out like what it meant for me first. I wanted to just explore and get lost in it and see what I was attracted to, see what stuck with me and see what aligned. Yeah. So you're being from St. Louis, mm-hmm. born and bred, and you're developing this talent and your skills. It's all very much tied to here. In what ways do you think that that has shown up or that it did show up, particularly in the earlier work that you did, both in the process and in the product? I think in my earlier work that showed up in really wanting to see more of my city. I grew up in North County. Um, I grew up between Kinlock, Castle Point, and a little bit of Southside. So I got to see a little of this and a little bit of that because mm-hmm. I wasn't raised by my parents, raised by my grandmother, but still spent some time at my mom's house. Um, So it let me see different parts. And I started to realize that a lot of people didn't get out of their comfort zone. They didn't step out of that. And for me, that was something I just didn't want to continue moving forward with because I'm like, it's a whole world out here to explore. And it's right in our backyard. It's in our front yard. It's so much in St. Louis. So I would start just going to local businesses, going to local events. At first it was video. I would do video of those events and do a really quick flip. That way, if you weren't there, you could see what happened. And it was, you know, there, I would post it the night of. Wow. Um, And it wasn't too much on photography because I was still growing in that area. Um, But yeah, I would capture any part of St. Louis that I can and share that just to, I don't know, remember it, but also show other people these perspectives. Mm -hmm. Do you think then that your interest in photography and editing is the thing that led you to go to these other places and to explore or was it the other way around i kind of see in the early beginnings the camera almost being like a compass almost right i had the vision i could see things in a particular way and i just started to trust that vision more and more and it was through that lens i was able to capture things and look back on them and reflect on them and like really remember what i felt in that moment and being able to identify that I was able to see it more in the future, identify it a little bit easier. So I think that played a big role. And was there some affirmation that you got from particular people that made you feel like this is the path that I want to continue to pursue? I think it was definitely I can be me. I was I was introduced to spaces that I would have never been in before. Like, um, you know, I had my friend Eli at the time, like they were trying to promote for or just be a part of this queer magazine so I got to take photos of them and like support them in their journey and also got to work with these nonprofits that do amazing work and put these solutions in place and got to amplify those messages um but really I would walk up and down the loop and just shoot random people meet different people from different perspectives different walks of life um and find almost in every person that we were connected in some way so you have an eye and a sense. <laughs> I'll be following my heart. Yeah. Now, we're speaking with Tyler Small, who is a photographer and editor. He's a St. Louis native and a father and father figure to two. Which brings us to this next question about 
becoming a dad. When did you start becoming a father? And I, I want to underscore that I'm asking, when did you start becoming, not when did you become? Mm-hmm. I'll say I started maybe a year and a half before I had my daughter, or maybe a couple years before that. Uh, when I met my co-parent, uh, she had her five-year-old or four-year-old at the time. And um, for me, I was just like, I'm happy to be a father figure in your life. Um, I'm happy to show up, show you love. But I'll definitely be honest in that it wasn't easy because there were times when she was just like, you're not my dad. Mm. And that was like really hurtful for me because like what I heard was like, you're not enough. Um, but that's where it started. Um, and through that, I was able to like, learn a lot of my pain points, to be honest, but I was also able to have a lot of fun. Uh, we would like, through the pandemic, build little houses together with cardboard from the things that we ordered and uh, dance parties we were seeing. So that was my early beginning stages of yeah. becoming a father. So the two girls, how old are they? And what are their personalities like? Let's start with Anis. Anis is eight. Anis is so emotionally aware. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. And she's also like really vulnerable and she will tell you what's going on. And I love that the most because it reminds me to do the same. And it also gives me an opportunity to be patient, which reminds me to be patient with myself. But she's out there doing her TikTok videos that obviously don't go on TikTok. She just <laughs> downloads the audio from a YouTube kids and does her thing. But she's full of life, learning Spanish. Um, yeah, she's just amazing at what she does. A uh, little architect too. Um, and yeah, she, uh, she sees the world in a beautiful way and she's so forgiving. It's, it's, it's inspiring to be honest. Like, yeah. Definitely an inspiration to me. And then Amor is three years old. Man, that kid is smart. <laughs> I love her so much. Her name is Amor. Uh, and Anis, his name means grace. Uh, Amor means love. So I have it tattooed on my arm, loving grace, because it reminds me to give it to them, um, as well as myself. Amor is just... She's full of love. Uh, she's always singing Don't Worry About a Thing. Um, and Elton John's uh, <laughs> I'm Still Standing. Uh, she loves to sing. She loves to dance. Um, she loves animals, but she doesn't want to get too close to them. Um, and, yeah, she is very communicative of, like, what she needs. And I love working with her. And, like, as I grow, as she grows, I grow with her. And that's an opportunity that I'm extremely grateful for, and I don't waste a day. Yeah. And then once your your child arrived, your your daughter, um, you know, of your flesh, mm-hmm. <laughs> how did that impact things for you? It was a really big turning point for me because I realized anything that I didn't handle within me, I'll be handing down. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of internal conflict that I was navigating that would show up in my interpersonal relationships. And that was something that I didn't appreciate from the generation before me. Mm-hmm. And instead of like pointing the finger at them, I'm like, all right, what role do I play in this? And what can I do to like, you know, interrupt the cycle? So, and, that, and another part about it is I'm a girl dad. And one thing that stuck out to me was just like, all right, how she see her sees her father is probably how she's going to see, you know, how she should be treated by a man or a potential partner. Um, and that wasn't a standard that I wanted to set. Yeah. So it was a really important time for me to start doing the internal work to understand myself, because I feel like if I acquired the tools and 
develop processes, I can like hand those things down instead or be a good role model for like what it looks like to handle like the difficulties you might go through. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to your work, how is it that being a father affected what you were capturing with your camera and then also what you were doing with the editing? I think I started shifting more towards authentic, right? I kind of took my artistry back to myself. Like I could just do what I wanted. And I spent a lot of time just capturing our day-to-day lives. Um, You know, capturing her doing her first steps. Mm -hmm. Um, Self-portraits of me like trying to love myself more. also, you know, taking pictures of, you know, her events that she has going on. Oh, she's graduating. Oh, she has this moment going on. Oh, it's her birthday. Um, I shifted the focus to let me capture these memories and be present here so that we can look back on these moments and we won't say anything like we wish or regret, but we can say, man, that was a time. Yeah. You mentioned earlier what you do not want to pass on from past generations. Mm-hmm. and we are talking about your being a dad and specifically being a a black father. In terms of what you were capturing outside your home um, in community, were you consciously attentive to representations of black fathers and black fatherhood? Or did it just sort of emerge because of what was going on with what was in your heart? I want to say... It emerged because of what was going on in my heart. And it really started with, like, me capturing myself. And I'm going to be honest, um, which I should be always. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of difficulty with um, navigating the relationship with other men because, like, I experienced harm. And my experience and, like, past experiences really do can skew and shift your perspective. So that played a big role. Mm-hmm. But the more I started meeting other black fathers and having conversations, I started finding that we are we are healing. We are doing the work. We are messing up. But we are, you know, coming together to do better than what's been done before. But then also taking, like, the things that are effective and are helpful. Um, so I say it's been a healing journey for me. At one point I said, I don't want to be scared of this thing because it's usually just you know, a lack of understanding. So let me build familiarity and closeness and intimacy with this thing, which is fatherhood and brotherhood, which was very unfamiliar to me growing up. Mm -hmm. Tell us about this event um, and what your role is in it. The event itself, the Father Figures uh, photo fundraiser, uh, that event is, it's really important to me. Um, I'm specific on the word father figures because it's inclusive. Um, I'm a black queer dad. I don't know many, but I do want to meet more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I leave that open and I make sure that that is clear. Um, but it's really important to me because um, one, at one point I couldn't afford therapy. It, was, it didn't feel like an option. And I know for a lot of black men, it's like other barriers that play a part, just stigmas, it's layers to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I could, like, get rid of one, it'll be like, you don't have to pay for this. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and I did get the services from the Village Path before, and I really enjoyed the process where you get five free sessions and you get to, like, really get the experience of, like, what it should look like. So it's not just one and done. Um, but the the event itself raises money to do the free mental health. But we'll have a really great conversation with Mastermind and Alonzo 
and we'll talk about wellness, but we'll also talk about like how we navigate fatherhood, things that we deal with. And when I talk about wellness, it's just like the day-to-day things we do to like prioritize our physical and mental health, Yeah. Um, which shows up in a way of like, when we show up for ourselves, it's easier to show up for others. Because so often I see fathers make a to-do list where they're not on there mm-hmm. and then typically end up really frustrated that no one's taking care of them yeah. when that should be a part of our priorities too. Because we set an example for other people for how to treat us. Mm-hmm. And if we always act like we're fine and we're good, it's okay. Not okay, but we're pretty much giving people permission to do the same. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, uh, the hopes is more fathers can put themselves on that to-do list and show up for themselves so that they don't feel depleted and they don't feel... Um, that disappointment of no one's there for me yeah. when they can show up for themselves and also reach out for help when they need it. And just to put a point on the the range of people you're mm-hmm. talking about, Mastermind is a, a musician Amazing here in town. musician, producer, father, yes. Right, and Alonzo. Alonzo is one of the co-founders of the collective STL. He's also a high school teacher, I believe, Mm -hmm. and he teaches the track students. So, like, he's a father figure, especially to those young men and women out there running. Right. Um, In addition to the two girls he has with Don Harper, which is amazing. (laughs) Now, part of the the event, it's going to be very specific to you insofar as the photography Mm -hmm. is concerned. What will you be showing at the Father Figures event and is there one photo maybe that folks who know your work will definitely recognize? It's a little tricky because I haven't shot any of the shots yet. Oh, They okay. will all be taken through the 15th. Mm-hmm. So we're doing the photo sessions for $100, and that goes towards the free mental health. But people have been signing up and putting in their appointments so that we can get taken care of. But it's going to be unique to each relationship. Uh, I asked a couple questions in every one just to kind of get an idea of what the dynamic was. I feel like more than anything, you'll see that uh, that that essence of community. You'll mm-hmm. be able to like really see like what that relationship is with that father figure and their loved ones, um, and it'll really embody that and it'll be an authentic experience because it's not one of those you know seer shoot where I get you there and I right. get you propped and you're here. Wicker chairs. It's gonna be more candid than anything. Okay. Versus like I want you all to look your best. It's like I want you all to be you. Yeah. I want you to just have fun together in this moment and I want to capture that. Um, so I think you'll see that in there and that will remind you of the work that I hope to do and I I, I hope that I do consistently. Yeah, yeah. Is the quote lack of positive representations of black fathers a matter of what folks don't see because they're not looking? People just hear and they don't necessarily listen. And it's quick to uh, point a finger and like say, you need this, you need that. Uh, instead of like illuminating what's going on and like having a conversation as far as like, have you noticed this? Yeah. Um, because it can be really hard to be in a situation where someone sees you differently than you see yourself. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, that's not what I see. But when you gain these other perspectives and you build these understandings, like you're able to see things in a fuller picture. Yeah. So what do you hope to impart as the person who's taken the photographs who will be that will be displayed, that is, and someone who's sitting on the stage talking? I hope to be, you know, clear representation of you can be a black queer dad out here because I think people don't think that's an option because a lot of times, honestly, as a black man, I feel like 
as soon as I say I'm queer or anything, I'm put in a box of just like, oh, no, you're gay. And it's just like that. And it's like it's so much complexity to who I am. And I don't appreciate being oversimplified. Yeah. But that's just something I can prioritize for myself. And that's something I can be an example of uh, versus like contributing to that narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me contribute to the narrative that I align with. And that is so much more complex than that. And as far as the photography aspect, I just want to show that it's a multitude of fathers out here doing the thing that want to heal, that want to connect. And they all look different. They all show up different. Um, but the biggest part is that they show up. Yeah. And what do you hope your work, that it evokes in people, and particularly in your family and in your daughters? I hope that they know that it's okay to change. It's okay to look at yourself and sometimes you can look at it and you can say I'm falling apart, but it can all be coming together, really. Like something could be coming up new, of new fruition. Um, for my daughter, I hope that she knows it's important to heal and it's important to pay attention to how the people in your life treat you and to know what you deserve. Because a lot of it, I think, boils down to like we accept the love that we deserve um, and when we hold that to a higher standard, we also encourage people to show up in better ways and cause less harm um, and be more helpful. And as far as family, that's a really, really tough one because honestly, I don't talk to like a whole, I don't talk to my dad's side of the family anymore mm-hmm. um, as like I navigate this work and my internal work. And to them, it's just... Um, I just want to have more honest and open conversations about what's going on and what's we're going what we're going through because I do believe in the saying like secrets keep the family sick. Like yeah. we can't heal from what we don't talk about because you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. and a lot of harm can be done without knowing. So yeah, I just hope for more authenticity, transparency and growth. Well, good luck with the event and everything <laughs> before that and thereafter. Tyler Small is a photographer and editor. He's a St. Louis native and a father to Anais and Amor. Tyler Small's photographs of St. Louis metro area black father figures will be featured at a Father's Day fundraising event for The Village Path on Friday, June 16th at 6 p.m. He'll also be on a panel at that event that addresses, quote, the unique struggles and triumphs that fathers encounter, ultimately fostering a deeper understanding and appreciation for the evolving role of modern fathers. We'll have a link to that on our website, stlonair.show. Tyler, thank you so much for being here. You lame. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet and Elaine Cha. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dore. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? 
suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.